David Hershkovitz. I'm the founder of Paper Magazine, and this is Light Culture. Listen, learn, and stay ahead of the curve as I knock heads with cultural disruptors of the past, present, and future. Light Culture is brought to you by Burb, the Vancouver-based cannabis brand. In my opinion, Boo Johnson could have been a professional football player. He was that good an athlete. Instead, he became a professional skateboarder, one of the biggest names in the sport today. I know that he could have been a pro at football or maybe other things because when he skates, I see he's got the power and the grace and the commitment it takes to make it at the highest level at any athletic undertaking. Instead, he decided to hang up his cleats and pads in favor of t-shirts and vans because more than anything, he wanted to just have fun. The name of a skateboard company he started and a mantra he lives by. Today, he's a superstar of a sport that doesn't take its outsider status lightly. Even as it's become an Olympic event, an industry with sponsorships, clothing lines, and its own media apparatus, staying authentic and just having fun remains the name of the game. Welcome, Boo Johnson. My brother, man, that was a beautiful intro. <laughs> I have I have no words, man. That was amazing, David. Thank you, dude. Well, you know, you deserve it, man. I, I do some good research. I talk to people. I, I try to have a perspective on who my guest is. And in your case, I have to say, I was totally impressed to learn about your regimen, your the way you approach what you do and life and everything else that makes it uh, warranted to give you this introduction. And also, there's a lot of stuff I left out, too. Yeah, thank you, thank you. (laughs) I know you've been through some uh, personal difficult hardships recently, as well as being involved in the Black Lives Matter protests. But first, let's talk about what's good in your life. What do you feel good about right now? Oh, man, there's so much good in life right now. The positive, I wake up and just, that's what I seek. You know, it's hard. A lot of people are on the opposite side and they wake up like just fearing like this life, you know, because life is hard. But I'm thankful for so many things, man. My family, the family is very close right now. I'm thankful for being able to just wake up every morning and stay on my like everyday routine, you know, because I, my routine is everything to me. That's what keeps me going, waking up, having a glass of water, having a cup of coffee and just riding my bike, walking my dog, whatever it is, man. Like my dog Smokey, dude, he keeps me so happy. And I think just life, man, life is beautiful. It's, it's very beautiful. I live out here in Long Beach and I, I couldn't complain, honestly. Tell me what it's like, your your daily regimen, because I see, you know, you're exercising like a fiend, you're you're riding your bike for 20 miles. I mean, how does, <laughs> <laughs> how does this work? What time do you get up? You know, just give me like a play by play. So usually I'm usually I'm up by six o'clock, you know. That that gives me about an hour, hour and a half before I jump on my bike. So, you know, I take smoke on a walk. I get back to the house, have a cup of coffee, do a nice 30-minute stretch. Stretching's everything to me. You know, that's kind of, it opens up my mind. It releases a lot of stress. 
After I do that, I jump on my bike ride by 7.30, 8, ride for about two hours, and that's about, you know, 20, 30 miles. Come home, figure out what I got going for the rest of the day. I usually have so much going on, so I check my schedule that my lady puts out for me, and we just go from there. But that morning routine, if I don't handle those things in the morning, I just feel like kind of spaced out you know even when i go on trips for skateboarding and i and i can't wake up and walk my dog and have a cup of coffee and have my space to stretch and meditate kind of throws me off you know yeah no i understand it's great that you have that how did you develop that when did you start to realize that you had to take yourself and your body so seriously honestly i've always worked on my body and stayed pretty healthy but the Last three years, I've been like on my A game. Just rewind like four years ago. That's when I was early 20s. I was like 23, 24. You know, I'm making a little bit of money. I'm living in LA, going to Hollywood. I was just kind of being a little wild. Life was moving a little too fast for for my pace and what I was used to, especially coming from a little town. So... About three, four years ago, I took a step back and realized I'm trying to last forever and I'm trying to set a good example for my family, for my fans, and just for myself in general. And yeah, it just clicked. All right, I need to get in training mode. I don't know what I'm training for, but it's just for, I'm training for life. I got to be ready. I got to stay ready. So I ain't got to get ready when it's time to do whatever I have to do, you know? So you just woke up one day and you just did that, realized that that was, it's time to change? Or did you have some low point? Sometimes you have to get to the bottom before you can start moving up. Exactly. So during like all that weird times, I was kind of using some some Xanax. I was pouring up lean and everything was moving slow. It was moving real slow. And that's not what my mom taught me. That's not what my dad taught me. And yeah, one day I went back to Tattree to visit my mom. And um, dude, I never argue with my mom. Like she's everything to me. She's my world. And we got in a little argument. She broke down crying. I was crying. And she just like overheard from, you know, the grapevine that Mm -hmm. I was sipping cough syrup and this this dumb stuff. And that shit hurt me so bad seeing my mom in that much pain. It's like when you're like 10 again and you disrespected your mom and your heart kind of gets heavy. That was kind of like the bottom of the barrel where I was like, all right, check it out. (laughs) I'm going to switch the game up and make sure she never feels like that again and make sure I don't feel like this ever again because it wasn't cool at all. And now I'm like in fucking fast mode. I'm just like, what do I need to do next? I'm up so early. I get everything done by noon. I'm like, all right, what else could I add to my plate? What you're saying is is even more of a tribute to your ability and discipline to be able to just like make up your mind and say, I got to change and then actually do it. So many people are in that position. They decide they want to do something, but then they don't, you know, when it comes right down to it, they don't do it. That's exactly right, bro. Discipline it has been my motivation for the past three years. That's the word I left out. Consistency to it. 
if you're not, if you don't have those two things, it's very hard to like stay in line. I haven't ate meat or I'm a pescetarian. It's been two years. I, I still eat fish, but I even stopped eating meat and fried chicken. Like, and those are my biggest things in the world. And for me, I mentally was able to do that. And, you know, it's once you find that mental state of mind where you're like, I actually do not need this in my life and replace the bad with good. It's everything. Yeah. It was even harder to quit uh, than drugs, right? Fried chicken, man. That's, oh that's my some God. Powerful drug. Cause I, I don't <laughs> like, it's not like I'm like, uh, I'm against chicken or it's just like a mental thing. I know it's going to make my body feel better, but sure. it's like, what's going to, what's better. What do you want? Good or bad? Yeah, and you also have, don't you, you said you meditate in the morning as well. And I, I've seen you mention Alan Watts as somebody uh, who you think about and somebody who I also used to read and spend a lot of time thinking about what he had to say. I so love that guy. He talks about every topic, religion, whatever it is. He has those points to uplift you or just make you understand a little bit better. So how did you find him? Because I know you didn't finish high school, so you don't nope. have much of a formal education, obviously. I don't, You're dude, an intelligent sadly. man. Um, who put me on Alan Watts? Even if you can't remember exactly the idea of reading a book and getting knowledge from that, do you continue to do that? I continue to do that. It just comes from knowing I, I didn't graduate and knowing I have to just become like aware of what I want to learn about, you know? So certain things just catch my eye and I just seek to learn more about whatever that follows. And in my life, it's been like all that positivity and understanding the mind and the body over than just like book smart, you know? Sure. You need that, the experience. And, you know, people can be very book smart, but very unhealthy at the yeah, same time. A lot of people are just like clueless, man, about just being free and like understanding the next person. You're also a businessman. But in the meantime, yes, we've had Black Lives Matter. And I know you were very active in Long Beach recording the events. And I saw you wrote Pray for Mankind. And you also posted in front of Pharmacy Board Shop, this business is black owned. That's right. Pharmacy Board Shop is a skate shop. It's like just a core OG skate shop. They're originally from Palmdale, California. They were my first sponsors. So years down the line, I've been out in Long Beach for about 10 years. And they came up to me like, yo, we would love to open a shop with you. What do you think about partnering up with us? And, you know, you'll be part owner of this shop. And about three years ago, we went all in. April 20th, 2017, we opened Pharmacy Board Shop. We're just there for the people, you know? There's so many skaters and so many people relevant in Long Beach that needed a core skate shop and just to come out, a place to come and hang out and get what you need for your board or just fresh clothes for school. And yeah, we've been killing it ever since. But as you guys know, every downtown city was chaos for a minute. And Long Beach got it pretty bad, dude. I live right across the street 
from all these shopping centers. All that stuff got destroyed. And I knew they were going to cruise up Pine Street and tear stuff up too. So we had to board up the shop. I had to call a bunch of the local skate homies, the bigger homies, just to come out and support me and hold down the shop. Because, dude, it was so sad seeing like mom and pop shops getting destroyed with the owners right in front of the shop. You know, you couldn't really do anything when you had 20 big dudes and a bunch of kids just flying the plywood off. It was like, it was a nightmare, you know? So luckily, I got a name for myself in Long Beach. I got a lot of people that back me. I got a lot of people that love me. And we're somehow able to hold down our shop without getting broken into. We let that pass. And January 21st, we had a huge push for peace protest that Pharmacy hosted. We probably had 200 kids pull back up to Pharmacy to celebrate skateboarding day and the survival of our shop and to just push for Black Lives Matter. Pharmacy is a family and everyone's there playing their part. Yeah. And, and just to say, with regards to your sister who drowned in the midst of all of that, and you had to also bear that suffering, that must have been a really difficult time. Oh, it was insane. The crazy thing is, like, everyone was going through something. During that time, it was just, it was really sad. Then for that to happen, I don't know what God's telling us right now, but me and my family just had to keep our chins up, pray. Luckily, everyone else around us even gave us more strength to keep it going. It was a very fucked up time, you know, very, very hard times too. But what I've came to realize, that's life. We're all going to go one day. We live every day, but we only die once. So we got to make sure we just live strong every day. You know, my sister told me to carry on and keep it going. You know, I pray every morning and I feel the energy when I got my angels on my back, you know? So that whole incident going down to with my sister, dude, I feel like I've double down like three times harder because of it. You know, I almost feel like I'm going too fast, but it's like the only thing I could do right now. And I think it's the right thing to do. So great that you have a positive response to such a tragedy and try to take that learning and, and put it to good use. It's the only, only thing we could do. You know, there's so many people who go through crazy tragedy incidents where they kind of take that for like... I don't know. You like almost want people to feel sorry for you you and you take it for granted. And I don't know. You're going to get stuck in a dark hole. If you do that, you got to look at the light. You got to all the, all the messages that people are sending me, the DMS to sending me flowers to notes. Like I really read every single one of those. And that's like, I got the chills right now. Like that's what makes me like, you know, life is still good. There's still so many people out there that love Layla, that are thinking about Layla, that love me. If I go down a dark path, who knows how many other people are going to go down a dark path. So it's, you know, boo, keep your chin up and let's go. Because I got, I even got a big family, dude, and I hold down the family. So if I look weak, the whole family might feel a little weak. So we got to just 
keep the smiles up and keep the hustle 100, dude. Really? And, you know, whether you like it or not, you're a role model for the whole skateboarder industry, at least. A lot of young kids involved in that sport. And you yes, know, they uh, look up to you. And not only because of your philosophy and attitude that we've been hearing, uh, which is very moving and inspiring, but also because of the way you've handled yourself as a young man, become a business person, being able to set yourself up put yourself in a good position that you are today. So what does it mean to be a world-class skateboarder as far as representing the culture? Just having fun, man. Just doing, doing what you love, showing everyone else it's possible, it's cool, and it keeps you out of trouble, you know? You don't have to, you don't have to be the everyday basketball player, football player, there's other sports out there that are really cool that will take you around the world, that will show you culture, that will show you how to evolve with other people and just to be a entrepreneur. Cause it's not like you have a coach telling you what to do with skateboarding. It's like, it's all you. You got to figure out how to kickflip or you got to figure out how to maneuver, whatever you want to do, it's all on you. And with, with that mindset, you look at everything like that, you know, not as, as a selfish way, but like, you know, if this isn't working, I got to do it like this and maybe I'll roll away or maybe this conversation might go a little smoother than the last time I tried it, you know? So I think that it applies to other people in different ways. And it's like, oh, he's just a skateboarder. It's much more than just being a skateboarder. But when you started out, uh, you had no idea, I think, that you would become an entrepreneur, part of the industry in the way that you are such a, a role model and a professional athlete. Uh, and uh, so when did that start to visualize? When did you start to think that, well, maybe there's more to this than just having fun, which is, um, you know, maybe that is everything. But you know what I'm saying, just having fun plus. Exactly. I would say 2011, 2012. That's when I like got my first sponsors. I was going to, I started going to a couple contests. 2014 is when like the game changed. That's when I got sponsored by this company called Supra Footwear. And it was like game changing. I was going on tours around the world. I was going to Australia, China, Japan. Europe, Barcelona, like you name it, you know, and that's when I was like, holy shit, man, this is like, this is what I seen in the skate videos. This is what it feels like signing autographs. And like, it was weird, man. Like 2014, I was like the young buck in the van. Like everyone, everyone else was like already pro. Everyone had their pro boards. And it was really cool because I was able to see these big dogs and like, taking the good and the bad, you know, because some mm. of the pros that I was on tour with, they're not even in the industry no more because they're on some fuck shit or the dudes that are still in the industry, like Stevie Williams, Chad Muska, Jim Greco, Eric Ellington. Those are the dudes I was like, damn, like what, you know, what are they doing? And I took in all that. And that's, that's what kind of made me the dude I am. And, made me realize like being a professional skateboarder is fucking beyond cool. And it comes with a lot of 
work and focus and that's what I was looking for. You know, it's, it's, it's a job, but it's not a nine to five job, you know, but it was still something that would keep me in line. And I think I like, that's what I liked. I was like, this is, you know, I'm not, this is it. I could skate and be a professional person altogether. I think that's kind of when it clicked, you know? And of course, that's when I started to make a couple of dollars and, you know, I started having, getting tax paper in the mail. I was like, okay, hold <laughs> on. Like, <laughs> you got into the it. bureaucracy, man. You, you know, you became a wage earner, a tax, social security tax. Yeah. At one time, skateboarding was primarily a white boys, really, right? So what happened? And when you came in, I know Stevie Williams was someone who broke down some doors. For sure. When you were came in and did you find that the people were open to you or? Yeah, skateboarding has always been open to me. I, I won't lie about that. My dad kind of hit it on how I would dress because I would wear skinny pants back then because that was like the skater style, skinny jeans. And I would buy like girl pants because I couldn't really find like <laughs> legit skinnies. But the skating in general, I never really got hate from like another skating saying like, bro, you know, what are you doing? It's more from the hometown and skaters bro, you should stick with football over than like this skateboard. You can always skateboard, you know? I remember my coach, he's like, I got hurt skateboarding one time and he had me chill. He's like, yo, chill from skateboarding for a little bit. I'm going to get you a full complete deck after the football season, but I need you for the football season. So just hang out, you know? Stop skating, play football. It was like almost a mental abuse where it's like, yo, the skateboard's not really for you. You need to be playing football, you know? And after that year, I never played football and I kind of took offense to that, you know? I thought, like, all right, I'm going to play this just so I could get that complete skateboard at the end of the year. And I was out after that. Just because you're black doesn't mean you have to play football and basketball and this and that. You can go out and do whatever you want and you're going to make it cool. It's not just because a white boy makes it look cool. If you, if you like it, get out there and like show them your talent. And you go out into the hood yourself with various promotions, giving out product, kids, encouraging them, basically bringing that story to them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I do that on my own too. I, like out here in Long Beach, I'll pop up to all the skate parks, Cherry, Ghetto on 14th, MLK, McBride, like whatever it is, I'm going to pop in and show them, show all the kids and respect and show them what, what the deal is. Then I'm also sponsored by DGK, Dirty Ghetto Kids. Stevie Williams started that company. And under DGK, they have a system called Save by Skateboarding. And Save by Skateboarding is ran by my homie Cooley. And they pretty much go to the actual hood. They will go to the actual hood, set up, give away at least, you know, 20 complete boards to unprivileged kids that never seen a board in their life to show them a different outlook on whatever they want to do. And I think Save by Skateboarding is one of the coolest things the skate industry is giving back right now. It's insane, you know? You're smoking right now. What are you, are you smoking? So right now I'm smoking some OG, dude. I smoke spliff, so it's a little bit of tobacco, a little bit of weed rolled in a raw paper. 
some people look down on that. Do you find that's a hindrance to your you know, ability? If you were going out skating now, would you also be doing that or would you not? It, How do you it handle just, it? It honestly just depends on what mood I'm, I'm in. If I'm like a little sore and I'm not like, Feeling all the way there. I'll, usually I, I'll smoke and it kind of gets me back in the zone, especially if it's a sativa. But if I'm like already in my zone, I, I've had my cup of coffee and I'm feeling it. I'll go skate without smoking. You know, it, it really doesn't matter to me. I could smoke two spliffs or two joints and go ride my bike for 30 miles. I'll be perfectly fine. Or I don't have to smoke and go ride for 30 miles. I, at this point in my life, I don't think it affects me either way. Unless I'm like smoking five joints and, you know, I'm just like yeah, fucking toast. Yeah. I'm going to sleep, you know. That's another but story, yeah. I'm just hanging out. I smoke a joint or two. Either way, I'm like ready to go. Well, you used to be sponsored by Mountain Dew, right? Was one of your sponsors, and I know that That's came right. to a head. Was that because of uh, your connection to cannabis and and photos that you've been posting on, or was yeah. it something else? Because I've heard other stories as well. It was honestly a mix of both. They'll call me at monthly, like, "Hey, boo, do you think you could take down this video or that photo of you? Like, you know, you got a joint in your hand, this and that." It was a very consistent recall, like, yo, boo, yo, boo, yo, boo. Then it was, they hit me up about, like, I was getting a lot of tattoos at that time. Like, you know, your image, you know, when we first were sponsoring you, we didn't think you'd be, it was weird. It was more like an image thing at the end of the day, you know? And one day they gave me the call, like, yo, we got to let you go. You know, like, this wasn't out of the blue. We've been warning you for quite a bit. I was like, yo, no worries. You know, I'm trying. I just want to do me at the end of the day. Mountain Dew, I, I, there's no way I'm like, I'm not going to post what I do originally every day because you guys don't want me to. Long story short, they gave me the boot. I was a little sad. The payment was amazing. You know, all good. A couple months later, another play fell in my hands. And it all worked out at the end of the day. Are you referring to Weed Maps? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Weed Maps is, you know, Weed has a delivery service, right? Or they tell you it's a directory to where you can go and, and purchase. What happened? Did they call you and said, we heard you, you this happened? What did yeah, you come with us? That's exactly what happened. They called me. They're like, yo, we love how, like, loyal you were just to being who you are. We're starting this program and we'll love to have you aboard. You know, like you're fucking one of the first dudes we're reaching out to. What do you think? I went down to Irvine, went to the We Maps headquarters. It's fucking lit, bro. Next thing you know, I signed the contract. In the past like three years was fucking so cool, bro. They did everything. They replaced the Mount Dew check. <laughs> we replaced all the trips, all the tours. All the good times by 10. So they started a team? Is that what happened? Or? Yeah, man. They started a full, like, extreme sports team. So they had a skateboarding team. They had a BMX team. They had a motocross team. So it was cool because these trips, they weren't just skateboarding trips. 
They had the BMXers and they had the motocross dudes and they had the surfers. I was hanging out with Bruce Irons and all types of stuff. You know, I became friends with really cool people from different industries that I never thought I'd be hanging out with. The homie Twitch, motocross dude. When I was a little kid, I used to watch him on Fuel TV all day, you know? So, yeah, WeMaps definitely connected me with some amazing people in my life. I wanted to explore that a little bit about your relationship with sports and sports figures. The sports that you mentioned, they're all sort of in the same vein of not team sports in the sense of basketball, football, baseball, and so on. Do you find yourself interacting with those athletes as well? Yeah, dude, all the time, man. I have so many homies in different lanes that are amazing. And all, all this came from just being a skateboarder, you know, like Nick Young from the Lakers. That's my dog. You got Justin Williams. That's a professional cyclist. You know, you got Bruce Irons. That's a surfer. It's like these lanes are crazy because all these people in these industries, they kind of understand your background or kind of feel where you came from. You know, everyone kind of comes from a cutty, weird, situation where they found themselves loving this passion that became their dream that became reality and do you feel like there's enough respect for skateboarding today among other athletes and sports figures oh definitely man i think skateboarding has put in so much work in so many years and skateboarding has an impact on just so many people's styles and how people walk, you know, skateboarding's a huge culture. So I think they have people just, oh no, they're attracted to skateboarders almost. It's like an aura. Yeah, I was just saw a, a film about Zoo York, the history of Zoo York and the intersection of rap and hip hop and skateboarding that took place in New York in the early 90s. That's sick. Wow, I need to watch that. How do you feel about New York skating style? And that's always a question because it's such a different history and different landscape. Dude, New York's fucking, their style of skating so raw. Like, that's what it is. That's skateboarding. From 2017 to now, like, dude, the skate industry is so, like, California, Plaza Skate Parks, everything's perfect. Everything's, like, you know... It looks like a video game. <laughs> New York skaters, bro, they're so raw. Their style is so generic. And they're just like, they're with it. I love it. You love it? Do you ever go to New York and try to go skate in the parks or the streets and things like all, that? All the time. I've been there a handful of times just just to skate. Just to skate those streets. Hit LES Skate Park and, you know, vibe with all the skaters out there. Because they bring a whole different vibe to... To my perspective, you know, I, I like take that. Do you ever learn any tricks or things like ideas for, for tricks because of what they do? Yeah, of course. My homie, John Shanahan, he lives in New York and he's on DGK. He's always posting the coolest shit on his Instagram and inspiring me to kind of switch up some things and get a little more hash and creative like him. And that's what's cool about skateboarding. Everyone's so different. Everyone has a so much of a different vision. You know, someone could look at a rail and skate it one way. Then the next person could look at it and skate it a completely different way. And you're like, damn, like 
that was amazing, dude. It's like art. <laughs> totally. But now that skateboarding is going to the Olympics, or it would have if it, you know, if we had an Olympics guy, who mm-hmm. knows? That's a whole other story. But how do you relate to that? Do you feel that that reflects your culture? I think I think it's amazing. At the end of the day, it's a really cool thing. It's not for me, but I have a lot of friends that skate competitions and they love that pressure. They love the audience. They love the anticipation to the buildup. And I think it's beautiful that the skate industry was able to make it that far in the world. Like the Olympics is everything, you know, people love the Olympics. It's only once in a billion years. So like go for that. You know, my boy (laughs) Nigel's in it. It's a huge opportunity for one of my friends to be able to rock a gold medal from the Olympics. I'm all for it, you know, but you ain't going to catch Bujay skating in the, in the Olympics. You know, I'd rather just keep it raw, original, and, you know, you see me in the stands cheering for them. And, and with regard to the industry, uh, you know, and all the business aspects, you have your Just Have Fun. I don't know how many sponsorships at this point because I saw you riding your bike with Supreme. Is that also one of your sponsors <laughs> now? No, Supreme's, Supreme isn't one of my sponsors. They're just a skate company that, you know, they fuck with a lot of people and I like rocking their stuff. A lot of people, a lot of, but a lot of skaters don't fuck with Supreme because it's more, it's like a hype beats thing, you know? But if you're a skateboarder and you know the deal, you could rock whatever you want, you know? But So you don't have to only wear your sponsored companies? Nah, me, I rock whatever I want, dude. Ain't no one paying me enough just to rock their stuff besides DGK. <laughs> so tell me, what do you got going on now? Give us a little resume of all your companies that you work with and how, you know, any things that you have coming up with your own, just have fun. Um, yeah. So I work with a handful of companies like in the weed industry. I, I, I work for, um, raw rolling papers. My homie, Josh, he's the man. He's the brains behind the whole company. You guys could go check him out at um, rock and roll Josh. He's our raw rock and roll Josh. He's the man. He'll break down anything to you. If you, if you <laughs> want to know how this paper, why it burns the way it burns, go check him out. Um, I, I work with Stizzy. They got, they make ill pins, DTPG that they got a full on distribution in downtown LA. They got like four or five warehouses. They cultivate their, all their buds. Then let's move on to my skate companies, DGK, of course, Dirty Ghetto Kids. That's my board sponsor. Then the wheels I skate are Bones Wheels, Best Wheels. They've been around from day one, they number one. Um, Grizzly Grip Tape, Diamond Hardware. Shout out to Nicky Diamond. He's been doing it, man. Um. I don't know, man. I got a handful of sponsors. It's hard thing. Yeah, pharmacy no, board, I hear you. Pharmacy so, yeah, board it's hard shop, to... of course. Then, last but not least, JHF. Yeah. J- here it goes right here. It's on my water bottle. Just to have fun. That's my company that I created. When I created it, it was at that point where it's like, damn, I kind of want to start a company, you know? There's so many people in this industry that just start companies just to start it. The name means nothing. The 
They didn't have no backing behind it. With JHF, I have a whole story behind it. You know, it's it's something that relates to a lot of people. I've been rocking JHF since I was in middle school. You know, I got in trouble from my teachers in like sixth grade for writing it and all my friends writing it in the school books, JHF. I remember I had a whole meeting, bro, at my school. My principal called my mom. Your son's writing JHF all over our books and every kid's doing it. Like he's starring a gang, this and that. It's like, Bro, it literally says just have fun. It's like, you know, that's <laughs> radical, man. Come on, radical ideas spread. Exactly. So, you know, when that time came, I looked back, I'm like, all right, you know what? JHF is the one. And we ran with it. And it's like the motto we live by. And it's just simple. You know, no matter what you're doing, I want you to feel that you're a part of it. It's not just a skateboarding company. You could be a biker, you could be a writer, you could be a, whatever you do, a football player, if you, if you love what you do and you have fun throughout your days and you're a part of the team, you know, a lot of kids like, how do I get part of the JHF? Like, bro, you are a part of it. You know, like it's nuts. There's so many kids out there that have JHF tatted on them. I'm like, it's, it's insane, but I'm not that shocked because it's, it's the truth, you know? So what is your vision for the company now if you had, you know, look five, 10 years ahead from now? Honestly, I just want it to be a cool clothing company that everyone relates to. To be honest, I I haven't made a dollar off JHF. The company has, but, you know, it goes right back into the company. I have no huge expectations from it. I won't ever sell it. I just want it to be its thing and, don't Let say people, ever. Don't say you won't ever. Yeah, never say never. I know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, if the price Shit is happens. right. But, you know, I just want it to be my motto for life at the end of the day. I wanted to push a positive message to the next person and let them know. I make these wristbands. I don't have one on me right now, but I give these bracelets to everyone, bro. I've got thousands of them. You know, I keep them in my car. I keep them at the skate shop. I just hand them out so you can have that reminder. If you're having a bad day or you're going through something or you're in a rush, even though it says just have fun, it it gives you that ease where it's like, you know, slow down. It's all good. Let's just have fun and keep keep the ball rolling. Let's not get stagnant. And what about women in skateboarding? Oh, man, dude, they're starting a whole trend. So girls have always been in the industry, right? But the past year or two, they're starting the whole movement. And I love it. I love it, you know? All power to them. You saw that they had that show on HBO? Did you see any yeah, of that? Yeah, dude, about the New York chicks. Yeah. They're killing it. I got a couple homegirls out here that got super inspired by that. And they're, they're trying to pitch that to um, like a cast out here. That's or the West Coast producer. version. Yeah, right? It'll be different. Sure. But really cool. And one more question, and um, I'll let you go. What are the downsides to being a professional skateboarder? <laughs> Just being on everyone's time. I feel like I, I always have to do something for someone, but that's part of the job, you know? It's like 
It's like going to work. It's like me sure. going to California pizza and my boss telling me to make a pizza. I'm like, uh, I don't really want to do it right now, but <laughs> I'm going to do it, you know? Because the but, video, man, it's going to get a lot of plays. Yeah. And, oh, we need this promo video or we need this post or we need this swipe up or especially with social media now. It's all like, we need your, we need your, you yeah, know. Man, your tag and so on. We're going to be coming at you too for Light Culture Podcast, man. Yeah, man, I'm Still about it. now. But that's why I try to work with like sponsors that I genuinely like and don't mind repping. It's just busy, man. It's a lot of, it becomes a lot of work. Um, you know, at totally. the end of the day, we got to just have fun with it and not overthink it, man. Because every, yeah. everything comes with the downside. True that, you know, because what are the options, really? You can't stay like a kid with no responsibilities, not thinking of the future. That's right. At some point, and you know, you got family, you got people to support, you got friends, concepts, ideas, political messages, you know, that you want to make sure you get out there. And that's what it takes, right, to do that. It does. So thank you very much, Boo Johnson, for coming on my show and, and sharing your philosophy, man, because I think I'm starting to think of you as a philosopher now. Man, once I get, <laughs> you know, I, I just need to study a little bit more, read a little bit more, get my words right. And man, I would love to be a philosopher. But now for now, I'm great. just preaching what I believe in and letting people know that anything's possible if you put your mind to it, you know? Amen. Thank you, Boo Johnson. Thank you, brother. You're the man. Ah, you're the man. <laughs> yeah. Peace. Peace, brother. You've been listening to Light Culture. You can find us at shopburb.com, Light Culture, or at Light Culture Podcast. Thanks again to Burb. You can follow them at shopburb on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to and review the show. If you would like to get in touch, reach out to me directly at David Reporting. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.